Hey, this is Randy Robinson, and I'm the pastor of Everyday Church. Thanks so much for joining us today. We hope this podcast encourages you, stretches your faith, and helps lead you into a growing relationship with Jesus. Let's do it. All right, let's jump in. Last week, uh, we introduced our theme for the year, which is Breakthrough. And uh, I felt like God spoke this word to me in the middle of the summer last year. I felt like he said breakthrough. And I was just like, oh, it just sounds so churchy. It sounds so cliche. And if you've grew, if you grew up, especially in a Pentecostal or charismatic type of church, you've heard your fair share of messages on breakthrough. Um, but as 2022 was coming to a close, I still hadn't settled in on the word. And I just kept asking God, what do you what do you want to do in our church this year? What what do you want to say? And the more I fought against it, the more it was confirmed that breakthrough was going to be our word. And so we've been praying and asking God to reveal himself through this theme. We believe that this is a word from God for us for now. We're asking and praying, believing and declaring that this house will be a house of breakthrough. Breakthroughs in our relationships with God. Breakthroughs in our marriages, breakthroughs in our finances, breakthroughs in our bodies, breakthroughs in our minds. I don't know about you, but I'm tired of hearing about the miracles of God and not seeing any. I'm ready for breakthrough. And I know that sounds a bit cynical. The reality is, is we're seeing miracles all the time. Miracles are all around us. I said this last week. We've conditioned ourselves to look for God in the magnificent, but where we'll really find him is in the mundane. So I want to experience breakthrough in the big and the small. I want to see God do the impossible, the improbable, the unfathomable. But I also want to see him in my everyday life. I want to see him and feel him and sense him in the air, in the sky. You're like, oh, it's getting weird. Look, there's a reason why we can't go out on a beautiful day and be like, wow, God, you did this. And we can sense his presence and be have a heightened awareness of where he is because he's everywhere all the time. I want to sense his presence in my mundane regimens and in my mundane routines. I want to experience breakthrough in 2023. All right. So by and large, last week would be difficult to recap. If you missed it, I can't recommend enough that you go back and listen to the podcast or catch it on YouTube. Um, It was a special moment, and I believe that God did significant things in our midst as we prayed for people. But listen, we're only scratching the surface. And toward the end of the message last week, we looked briefly at the Old Testament book of 2 Samuel, and that's where I want to pick up today. In 2 Samuel chapter 5, beginning in verse 17, it says this, When the Philistines heard that they had anointed David king over Israel... All the Philistines went up to seek out David. And when David heard of it, he went down to the stronghold. And now the Philistines came and spread themselves out in the valley of Rephaim. And then David inquired of the Lord, saying, Shall I go up against the Philistines? Will you give them into my hand? And the Lord said to David, Go up, for I will certainly give the Philistines into your hand. And so David came to Baal Perazim and defeated them there. And he said, the Lord has broken through my enemies before me like the breakthrough of waters. And therefore, he named that place Baal Perazim. Now, last week, the message was titled, Jesus, I need a breakthrough. And today's title is Jesus, I need a word. 
So let's recap a little bit from last week. Baal Perazim is what David called the place. That literally means Lord of the breaks. In other words, our God is the Lord of the breakthrough. And so when people go around saying God is the Lord of the breakthrough, this is where we get that reference. God is the Lord of the breaks. Well, David uses that that word, and then he goes on, he uses the word breakthrough in verse 20. It has a multitude of meanings, and I'm going to recap those for you. Breakthrough means literally in the Hebrew to break through, to break down, to break over, to burst, to breach. You ever felt like something just about to break, break loose? I mean, we use that kind of language. I just feel like something's about to break. That's breakthrough. That's the spirit of breakthrough coming in. So to breach, to break into, to break open, to break up, to break into pieces, to use violence, to break away. In other words, God is able to break through in our lives by any means necessary. He's the Lord of the breakthrough. Look, I'm aware that we all know this in our heads, but we need to get it deep inside of our spirit. That way, when we're facing something that's beyond us, we know that God is able over, under, through or destroyed. God is certainly able to do whatever it takes. Now, the subject of breakthrough has the potential to preach really well. Right. If I craft the words just right and I deliver it in a in a in just the right way, I can get us all worked up emotionally. And I'm not against emotions, right? I'm not, I mean, we had an emotional worship service on a lot of levels. I'm not against emotion. God speaks to us through our emotions. We use our emotions to worship. We need to allow ourselves to feel our emotions because our emotions can be indicators of deeper issues. They can be sort of like a check engine light. How many of you just ignore your check engine light when it comes on? Nobody? Just me? <laughs> Like, I don't know what that means. It's fine. It's fine. I got to go let, you know what I mean? Like, whatever. I don't know anything about when it comes on, though. You know something's wrong. So your emotions often can be that check engine light for your life. It can let you know, right? When we feel that emotion of disproportionate anger or overwhelming sadness, it can be a warning sign that there's something underneath the hood of our lives that needs to be addressed. So we need our emotions. Our emotions are given to us by God. But we cannot simply will a breakthrough into our lives through emotion, no matter how bad we want it. That brings us to really the primary point of the whole service. Point number one, breakthrough begins with a clear word from God. Now, we're about to take the scenic route route around that. We're going to come back to this point. Breakthrough begins with a clear word from God. Let's go back to the text, 2 Samuel chapter 5, verse 17. When the Philistines heard that they had anointed King over David, King over Israel, all the Philistines went up to seek out David. It's worth mentioning here that when David's enemies heard that he had been anointed, they went to seek him out. Why? To congratulate him? I think not. It hadn't been too long before this that David had killed Goliath, the giant, the champion of the Philistines. And the same thing will happen to you and me. When you and I step into what God has called us to, it's not abnormal for there to be some resistance. And that's putting it very mildly. When you start to move forward with God's purpose on your life, your adversary, the devil, will take notice and he will attack. 
And this is why we need the God of the breakthrough. Because we have a real unseen enemy whose sole objective, Jesus said, is to steal, kill, and destroy. It's not your boss. It's not your spouse. It's not your kids. We have an enemy that's unseen. Paul, the great first century missionary, said this in a letter that he wrote to a church in Ephesus. Ephesians 6, 12, a very popular verse of scripture. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood. It's not against people, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. And again, I know there's a large percentage of people in the room who already know this, but it would do us all some good to stop fighting each other and start fighting the real enemy. Stop fighting against against those who disagree with us politically. Stop fighting against those who are different racially. Stop fighting with people who have differing points of view. There's no wonder why the church at large doesn't seem to have power. There's no wonder why there's a lack of breakthrough and miracles. We're too busy fighting against the enemies we can see which is really no enemy at all and not busy enough doing warfare in the spiritual realm. So the enemies of David went down to toast to his new leadership. And then the text says, that was sarcasm. And then the text says, when David heard of it, he went down to the stronghold. Now the Philistines came and spread themselves out in the valley of Rephaim. Now, Rephaim means giants. The enemies of David literally made their camp in the valley of giants. And at the risk of stating the obvious, when you're heading into your place of breakthrough, you're going to have to face some giants. I don't know what your giant is. But to think that we won't have to face one on the way to breakthrough is naive at best. It cannot be avoided. And if I could take it a little bit further, the battles and giants that we face on the way to breakthrough must be faced in the order in which they are received. Thank you for calling Kingdom Warfare Hotline. (laughs) Your call will be answered in the order in which it was received. Please hold for your battle plans. (laughs) Each battle we face is preparation for the next. Keeping with the life of David before he killed Goliath, the Philistine giant, the champion, he killed a lion and a bear while he was watching his father's sheep. That was preparation for the battle that he's now about to face. Had he not killed the lion and the bear, he wouldn't have been prepared for Goliath. Now he's been promoted from one giant to a valley of giants. Thank you, God. But if David skips this step in his warrior evolution, then he doesn't even make it to the Valley of Rephaim. Each breakthrough is preceded by a battle. Each one. So when it feels like we can't get through it, we've got to break through because the battle that's coming, if you skip this step, you're not going to make it. I mean, if I could digress, that's why so many of us and so many people are, are falling. People get elevated above where their character can take them. They skip the battles on the front end because it's hard. They skip saying no to things that they want. They skip all of these things and they bypass the battle. They get elevated to a place that their their character's not ready for. And then they fall and everybody's like, what just happened? They skipped the battle. You can't skip the battle. You can't because if you skip it, you won't be prepared for what's coming. 
And I say that with fear and trepidation because God knows I'm certainly capable of falling. Each battle we face is preparation for the next. If we bypass the battle, we forfeit the breakthrough. That's worth saying again. If we bypass the battle, we forfeit the breakthrough. And I think shifting our perspective will help us to put some purpose to our pain. Understanding that the battle I'm currently facing is the doorway to my next breakthrough will help me have perspective and stay in the fight. Because if I give up now, I miss my breakthrough. But if I know that on the other side of this battle is breakthrough, it gives me purpose. I can punch through that wall. All right, back to the first point. I told you we were going to take the scenic route. Breakthrough begins with a clear word from God. Verse 19. Then David inquired of the Lord, saying, Shall I go up against the Philistines? Will you give them into my hand? And the Lord said to David, Go up, for I will certainly give the Philistines into your hand. David didn't move until he had a clear word from God. And this is where we get ourselves into trouble. Because so many of us are believing God for breakthrough from a battle that he never called us to fight. We're out here praying for things, asking God for things, naming and claiming things that God never intended for us to have. And we live frustrated lives that God, we think God doesn't want to answer my prayers. Our prayer time with God often consists of a to-do list for God. God, thank you for this day. Thank you for who you are. Thank you for all you do for me. While we're on the topic of me, I need you to do this, this, and this as well. In Jesus' name, amen. Our devotional life has become about us and not about him. Now, don't hear what I'm not saying. I'm not saying we aren't supposed to take our needs to our Heavenly Father, because we are. He wants to answer those prayers, the big and the small. He wants to provide for us. But we've gotten away from God, let your will be done in my life or on earth as it is in heaven. And we've inverted that prayer to God, let my will be done. There's no surrender. It's God, this is my will. Please, can you do this? Rub the Bible, three wishes, let's go. <laughs> now, let's talk about some practical examples to get your mind working. And then your homework will be to spend time with God and listen for his voice. And to ask him to reveal places in your life where you or I, where I'm trying to impose my will on him, or you're trying to impose your will on God, as opposed to allowing him or allowing yourself to surrender to his will and what he wants. That's your assignment this week. Spend time with God and say, God, are there places in my life where I'm just, I'm just trying to force you to do what I want? Are there places in my life where it's all about me? Show me those places and help me to surrender to you so that your will is all that I seek. All right, so let me give you some examples. These are broad, but again, I just want you to begin to think about your own life. All right, so maybe it's a relationship that you're a part of. Let's call it inconsistent. Everybody been in one of those, up, down, up, down, inconsistent. If we call it what it really is, it's toxic. But the relationship has ups and downs. 
It's good, and then it's bad. It's okay, and then it's horrible. And you can't figure out why you can never get the waters of the relationship just to settle down. It was maybe because God didn't call you into that relationship. All the prayers for breakthrough seem to go unanswered because God is saying, I never authorized this. Look, I'm not talking about marriage. That's a different scenario altogether. Although I think entering into marriages that weren't, were not sanctioned by God on the front end certainly has caused a lot of problems for families in the body of Christ. So maybe it's relationships. We're in relationships God hasn't called us to be in. And we're fighting for those relationships and God's going, I can't give you a breakthrough in that. I need to give you a breakaway. Maybe it's materialism. We often spend beyond our means and then claim God's promises for prosperity or provision. Right? We spend more than we make or we go into debt more than we can afford. And then when things are tight, we go to God and we say, oh, God, you're you're my source. You're my provider. Scripture says my God will supply all of my needs according to his riches and glory. You're able to do exceedingly abundantly above more than I could ask or think. I bind the devil from my finances. You will not take my stuff. And meanwhile, God's going, hey, stop spending more than you make. Stop taking on more monthly than you can handle. Look, we've already addressed the fact that there's a real spiritual enemy, and I don't want to downplay that because the enemy of our soul, Satan, is trying to wreak havoc in our lives. He wants to steal, kill, and destroy us, and that includes relationships and finances. But sometimes we don't need to cast the devil out of our bank account. We need to stop spending out of our bank account. Is that hitting hard? I'm getting... God's way of doing our finances includes honoring Him with what the Bible calls first fruits. For our family, it starts with a tithe, which means 10%. It's just the churchy word for 10%. Tithe means 10. So 10% of everything that comes in to us goes back out to the local church. That's a principle that we live by. We honor God with our tithe and with our first fruits. Another principle we live by is giving over and above that initial 10%. When we feel God prompting us to give more than 10%, we don't really have a lot more than 10%. We say, okay, God, and I've shared this for the last several weeks when I'm talking about like our expansion offering and things like that. We go to God and say, okay, we feel you prompting this. If you provide it, we'll release it. And then when things begin to feel wonky for us financially, I go to God and I say, God, you're my provider. We're not taking on more than we can handle. We're not going into debt beyond what we can afford. We're not doing, spending more than we make. We've honored you with our first fruits. We've honored you with our tithe. God, we need a breakthrough. And then we try our best. It's not easy. Financial pressure is terrible. It's not easy. But then we just try to rest knowing that he's got us. Now look, again, this is not just about finances. It's not about just relationships. This applies to every Everything in our lives, just like Ashley was talking about. I I don't want to worship him just here and there, just a few places. Every part of our lives. Just this week, we were presented with a pretty serious situation. One of the most uh, serious things that we've dealt with um, just as, as a family. And that night, I lost a lot of sleep. And in the morning, I began to pray. And I was driving down the road, and I was declaring breakthrough over this situation, speaking truth and life. And there was nothing wrong with me declaring God's promises of provision over a situation. I mean, we're going to talk about that in a couple of weeks in a message called Speak the Breakthrough. 
But I was just going after it in prayer. I was just driving down the road. And, and then I was reminded to slow down and invite God into the situation. And I just said, God, I don't know what to do. I'm inviting you into this situation, and I surrender my will to yours. You want what's best in this situation more than I do. You know what's best, so I trust you. And my prayer time that morning shifted from a to-do list to a surrender list. God, I surrender to you. Whatever you want, knowing and trusting that you, that he only wants what's best. He knows better than I do. Was it hard? Yeah. Very, very difficult. Even now, just talking about that, that moment. It's still, I still am fighting this place of surrendering this situation and holding on to it myself. But everything from relationships to finances to everyday life, we need a word from God before we act. And when God speaks and then we act, we can expect a breakthrough. Although this next one is going to hurt more than the financial one. Uh, and let me just say, I don't have it all figured out. I was talking to Katie about the message last. I'll tell you that in a second. Uh, and tonight at team night, I'm going to be sharing some amazing fast food stories. Um, <laughs> for our old timers, you're like, here we go. <laughs> Randy lost his religion in Taco Bell. Uh, all right. Which is further proof that I don't have this one figured out. But we spend a lot of time praying and believing for healing in our bodies. But maybe God is wondering why we don't take care of the body that he gave us. And again, last night I was talking to Katie and she was, I was telling her, I was like, I got, you know, this is kind of a stinger. And she's like, well, do you feel conviction? And I was like, you know, I'm drinking water. Like what? You know what I mean? Like for me. And that's a big deal because I Coke. Whew, love some Coke. But I haven't had a Coke in like three weeks. You know, we fasted. Katie was like, oh, Jesus, I pursue you. I love you. And I was like, God, this is awful. <laughs> She's getting closer to God, and I'm just angry every day. Three days. I made it three full days. And then I was like, I, I can't. I'm, God, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Katie. I cannot carry this on with you. I went straight to Pizza Hut. <laughs> That's a true story. She made it for seven days. So, but I didn't go back to soda. I've had no soda since that time. I'm not saying I won't have one tonight at team night. I don't know. This is, I'm just saying. So just to give you context for the conversation, she's like, do you feel a conviction? I was like, I, got, I haven't had a soda in three weeks. I'm drinking water. But while we were talking about it, there was some leftover M&Ms from M&M Day. And uh, I did eat like 10. So... I don't know, Tara posted something the other day. It's just funny. She said, uh, the recommended or whatever, a serving size of chips is 10 chips or something like that. <laughs> and then it said, I eat 10 chips standing there trying to decide if I'm going to eat chips. <laughs> <laughs> so do I feel conviction? Yeah. So my conversation with God might go something like this. Oh, God, please heal my stomach problems. And God might say, hey, Randy, stop eating at Taco Bell and KFC. I know I made light of that whole point, but it's, 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 a, it's a real, it's, that's real life. By this point in the message prep, I was thinking this is not how I saw this going. Here's the point. We cannot declare breakthrough until we have a word from God. 
And if we're living a life that's contrary to His Word, then we certainly shouldn't be upset when we don't experience the breakthrough we desire. Right, we spent five weeks at the end of the year talking about the grace of God. And God's grace is sufficient for us. So even in our mistakes, God's grace is available. So if you feel like you're failing, like I feel in a lot of areas, accept God's grace and then make the necessary changes so we can pursue breakthrough. All right, let's go back to the text. How do we get a clear word from God? Verse 17, it says, When the Philistines heard that they had anointed David king over Israel, all the Philistines went up to seek out David. And what did he do? And when David heard of it, he went to the stronghold. Now, we frequently talk about breaking strongholds. Right? Strongholds are often viewed as negative. And we often allow the enemy into our lives to develop strongholds and footholds in our life that we actually do need a breakthrough from. But I want you to notice the first thing that David does. Right? We know historically he's already fought some battles. He's not, some, he's not a rookie at going to war. He's already defeated a giant. He's already defeated the lion and the bear. But instead of simply reacting to the threat, instead of rounding up the troops, instead of returning to the familiar, instead of returning to what he's good at, and say, let's go, let's go do it. He retreats to the stronghold until he has a word from God. We also need a stronghold that we can run to. There's an ancient proverb that says this. You can find it in Proverbs 18.10. It tells us the name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run to it and they are safe. Jesus is our strong tower. Now, the Hebrew word for safe means inaccessibly high. Inaccessibly high. When we run to Jesus... He elevates us to a place that's inaccessible to the enemy. And that's exactly what we need when we're seeking a word from God. We need a place that's still, a place that's quiet. We need a respite from the threat of attack long enough for the Holy Spirit to download a strategy for breakthrough into our hearts. But until he speaks, we don't do anything. We don't revert back to our old ways. We don't go back to what we used to do. We don't even go back to what God said to do last time. We wait on a fresh word from God for this moment. But once I have a clear word from God, then I can advance into enemy territory and I can take all that's mine. Once I have a clear word from God, I begin to pray and declare and believe and expect that my breakthrough is coming. And even if I don't see it, I believe it because that's what faith does. As Michael Todd always says, you got to see it before you see it. You got to see it in the spiritual realm before you see it in the natural realm. And so we stand on the word of God and we don't sway to the left or to the right. Listen to me. Breakthrough is coming. Some of us have been battling the same issues for years and years and years. Breakthrough is coming. It's time to run to the strong tower, to retreat to the stronghold and not come out until we have a word from God. Jesus, I need a word. Now, I said this a little while ago, this, as I was prepping this, it got to this point in the message. It just wasn't 
wasn't heading where I thought it was going to initially. I felt like weeks ago, God gave me the whole series in advance and I was making notes. And while this was the original title of the message, it certainly flipped a little bit as I began to prepare. I'm going to wrap this up with some real practical ideas on how to get a word from God or how to get into the strong tower. Some practical ideas on how to get into a space where you can receive a word from God. How many of you feel like you just want a word, but sometimes you just can't hear it? Because a word always precedes the breakthrough. All right, in the book, uh, The Deeply Formed Life, I really, I really love following this guy on social media. I recommend it highly if you're an Instagram person. Uh, Rich Velotis, Pastor Rich Velotis in, in New York. He wrote a book called The Deeply Formed Life. And in, the, in that book, he outlined some simple practices that will help us hear from God. I'm not going to unpack everything he says. I'm just going to give a couple things. And we've talked about these earlier today. We, we've talked about them. We've done series on some of this stuff. I'm not going to pack all of them. I'm only going to give us two out of a bunch in the book. And, I'm, and again, we don't have time to dive in. So we're going to save that for another Bible study or a sermon at another time. But here are two things. All right. This is your homework assignment this week. Number one, silent prayer. Silent prayer. We cannot hear God if all we do is talk. If we're just going to God with our to-do list and we never just take a moment and we're silent, you can't hear his voice. We need a time and a place to sit quietly with intentionality, to sit quietly before the Father so that we can listen for his voice. And we're not good at stopping and we're not good at silence. And that's why I was pushing this a little while ago. I know I don't usually push that hard. I've kind of backed off on the front end, you know, as we started the church and things like that. But look, we're not a church plant anymore. We're five years old. And it's time to get out of the shallow water and go a little bit deeper. And so when we worship, let's push a little harder. Let's go a little deeper. It's fun to sing about. I'm going to go. Let's just do it. So just don't be caught off guard if over then hopefully the next forever, I'm pushing you a little bit harder. All right, I lost my place. Uh, yeah, because we had a moment kind of, of, of it wasn't silence because the band was still playing, but there are no words on the screen. Then we started making up a, a song and it's like, what's going on right now? And I don't know, it's kind of weird, right? It's weird for us too. Like we're figuring it out. We're all, I'm trying to sing a melody and the chords don't match. And we're like, what's he doing? I don't know what he's, nobody knows anything. We're just trying to figure it out. We're going to grow together as we go deeper. But anyway, so it's a silent moment, and it, and it can be awkward. I get that. I get it. But these are valuable disciplines in our relationship with God to listen to His voice, is finding a place to sit quietly with intentionality to listen. Right? It moves our prayer time from a to-do list, as previously mentioned, to a moment of surrender. Because if I'm saying, God, show me areas where I'm just wanting my will and I'm not receiving your will in my life. And then I just abruptly end the prayer and I go about my business and I'm doing my thing. Then how? Silent prayer. Sitting, waiting. And maybe it's two minutes. Like I think sometimes when people describe spiritual disciplines, we get overwhelmed with amounts of time. And I've shared this before. I was doing a devotional uh, toward the end of the year. But it started with and ended with two minutes of silence. So before I would start, I would set my timer on my phone. Hey, Siri, 
set a timer for two minutes. Did you guys hear that? (laughs) She's talking to us. But that's what would happen. She would set the timer for, I hope it didn't set a timer. (laughs) Okay, we're good. Anyway, I tell my phone, set a timer. And then when it goes off, it's done. I go, I've been, and then I would go through the devotional, slowly, take time, reading it out loud, trying to really absorb what I'm reading, trying to take it in, and then I end again with two minutes of silence. And so when I say silent prayer, I'm not talking about 30 minutes, I'm talking about hours, I'm not talking about, I'm just, let's just start with something very small. God, will you speak to me? And then just rest. then just rest. And when those thoughts come and it distracts you, every time a thought and a distraction comes, it's one more time to come back to the Father. So silent prayer. Recently, I was with someone over a meal and it was clear that God was in the middle of our conversation. And at the end of that conversation, as we were talking, I was like, listen, I think, I think you should, before you do anything else, just take a minute. Just sit in God's presence when you get back to your car. Just, just see what he wants to say to you. Now, the second we spent, again, several weeks talking about this is Sabbath. Or rest. Whatever you want to call it, however you want to frame it, we all need rest. We need an intentional time. And this is a throwback to the sermon, to the series. We need an intentional time to stop, to rest, to delight, do something you enjoy, and to contemplate. Silent prayer and Sabbath, both of these practices require slowing down. It's awfully difficult to hear. <laughs> Dang, I was checking my phone, it was on the iPad. Adrian, <laughs> <laughs> hey, <you> come play. <laughs> I'm wrapping this up. I got one paragraph left, hold tight. <laughs> Both of these practices require slowing down. It's awfully difficult to hear someone whisper, which is often the way God speaks, when you're running at warp speed. God's there. We come to him and we're just like, he's going, hey, hey, God, I can't hear you. Slow down. If we will build a practice of slowing down, we'll be able to hear the voice of God. If we want to experience breakthrough, we need a word from God just like David had. If we want a word from God, we have to go to the stronghold just like David did or run to the strong tower. And if we're going to go to the strong tower for a word, it will require slowing down. I believe that God is going to do amazing things as we move forward in our church and in our lives individually. I truly believe that. But we need a word from God. And I believe that if we will apply these simple, and look, I know they're not easy, simple yet difficult principles or practices into our lives, that God will speak to us and breakthrough will come. Jesus, I need a word. I need a word. I've got to invite him into the situation and see what he says. 
I can't just run haphazardly. I can't just, even in this passage, I don't know if we'll get to this as we move forward in the text, but just the next chapter, the Philistines come again and they set up in the valley of Revaim and all this stuff. And, and David again inquires of the Lord. And he says, shall I go up? Will you give them into my hands? And God says, yes, I will, but don't do what you did last time. This time, I want you to circle around the back. I want you to do something different. And he talks about, he says, when you hear the sound in the mulberry trees, then you'll know that I'm moving. And then you get out and you advance against, against them from the other side. Instead of doing what he did before, he got a fresh word from God for the next breakthrough. We can't experience breakthrough without his word, without knowing what he says about a situation. And again, many of us have been fighting some of the same battles for years and years and years. And we're declaring all of these things instead of inviting him into the situation and saying, God, what's your strategy for this? We need a word from God because a word from him always precedes the breakthrough. Let's pray. On behalf of Pastor Randy and the entire staff at Everyday Church, we'd like to thank you for joining us today. For more information on the church, please visit us at everydaychurch.xyz.